Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are talking, we're going fully woo-woo today, aren't we, Dan? Fully into the woo. Yeah, definitely a woo woo. This is this was my idea, but weirdly, I have nothing. I don't know anything about it because I just want to learn about it from you. <laughs> so I'm using this podcast as a medium to learn from you. All right, good. Well, I'm glad someone's learned something from us. Then, <laughs> so today in our fully woo podcast, we are talking about the tarot cards. Do, 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 do. You won't even know what that means, do you? What the tarot that, cards? No, that. Do, 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 oh, is it the X Files? No, oh. it's the Twilight Zone. You are now entering the Twilight Zone. Uh, what's X Files? X Files was. Oh yeah, that was close. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so <laughs> enough about theme tuning. I was doing the Twilight Zone, so you are now entering the Twilight Zone. So the tarot cards, Dan. Tell me what you think of the tarot cards when you hear that that word those words well prior to about kind of 48 hours ago when we decided we were going to do this subject i mm. had no idea i'd heard you mention it before and that you used to, you used to be really into it in mm. the past so and then you were you still kind of i would say dabble in it a little bit mm-hmm. so i knew there was definitely something to it and i've heard our guru paul check talk about it as well Mm-hmm. But prior to that, for like the vast majority of my life, I just thought it was some weird hippie stuff that my mom and my grandma used to go and do. <laughs> and they didn't even call it the tarot. They called it the tarot. Go and get your tarot cards read. And I used to just roll my eyes at it like most men probably would do. And I just thought it was a load of old crap, basically. Yeah. But now I've done a little bit of research. It's it really <laughs> kind of piqued my interest. Hence why I wanted to learn kind of more from you, because I know there's definitely something to it. You just reminded me, <laughs> you talk about your mum and your grand, then the tarot. There's always a, like a, a medium called Billy, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and see Billy and see, see yeah. what's going on, what's going to happen. And he does it in the, the back room in the workman's club. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's always, he's always called Billy and he's always in a back room somewhere doing something dodgy with, with the spirit world. Very shady and probably... <laughs> miles away from what it was intended to be used for, you know, the, the real tarot system. Yeah, it, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, so me, I, I was always used to have to go with me Aunt Jan because my mum didn't believe in any of all that stuff. But me Aunt Jan used to love going to see a medium. <laughs> she was always taking <laughs> us to them. She's like, come on now, Jill, let's go see such and such. It meant to be really good. <laughs> anyway, none of them really were that good. So let's get back onto our um, thing, the tarot. So the tarot cards have actually, let's do a little bit of the history of the tarot cards first before we get into it. So the tarot cards have been dated back to actually Egyptian times. Um, the word tarot, they think, comes from the Book of Thoth, which was an Egyptian book, and it actually translates to mean the royal way. So in, um, in others have asserted that it's an anagram of the Latin word rota, meaning a wheel. Um, the cards symbolizing the circle of life from birth to death. So 
you can interpret it however you want it, but they do go back very far in history. And some people have said that they actually, um, you know, like when the suppression of some religious groups came about, that they actually put their their religious book, as it were, their Bible, whatever, into picture form, and then it l- carried on down through the centuries as as the tarot, as the major, which is the major arcana in the tarot cards. Ah, so it was like some form of disguise. Yeah. To carry on the tradition. Yeah. I really like the, from the little I know about it, what really appeals to me is like the symbolism and yeah, like, I know we mentioned before we came on air, like the, the archetypes and there's something about these archetypes and symbols and pictures and like these short descriptions that it just, it's quite simple, but quite appealing because you can see it all in yourself and others as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's exactly what it's meant to represent. Um, Some people believe that the cards originated in India. The four-armed Hindu deity, um, an androgynous figure combining the half-right of the god Shiva and his half of his consort Pravati, is sometimes depicted holding a cup, spectre, sword, and a ring, which are the minor arcana. So that's where that comes from as well. So I reckon it's a bit of an amalgamation of a lot of different religions and iconography that have been passed down through the years. Yeah, do you often hear as well, because humanity is such a complex thing. And we talk about, I mean, we've mentioned in the past, there's such a thing as the collective consciousness where people around the world do the same thing at the same time without actually yeah. knowing. So yeah. maybe it was one of those things where, um, like the pyramids, the apparently the pyramids in, in Egypt and the pyramids in like some of them in South America as well were built at the same time. They were using the same structures, although these people had never met because they were on different yeah. continents. So maybe it was something like that. So maybe they could have been um, Egyptians and Indian cultures were doing a very similar thing at the same time without knowing. Yeah. And then it's just it's just then come to this point today, like an amalgamation of all those different things. Yeah, exactly. Because there's also links back to China and everywhere basically so that nobody really knows where exactly where they've come from but they've been passed down around from centuries so yeah so it's um interesting uh, to me that kind of proves how legit it is if there's cultures from all around the world all done it and it still lives on today then if it was just a lot of old crap then it probably would have died out in all of those cultures yeah yeah so it's very symbolic i think that's what we need to emphasize that the tarot is sim- symbolism it doesn't predict your future it's um it's it's the, the symbols like our brains and minds like talk a different language to what we necessarily talk so the symbols and the archetypes and things that you meet we will understand it in our yeah. psyche yeah that's the thing it's kind of in our dna to understand these yeah. symbols and, and words yeah so yeah, it, it's definitely interesting, and I've enjoyed reading it, like the history about it. And it's it's the more you read into it, the more, to me anyway, that esoteric side. It's that mystical, it's that weird mystery about it, but the like the practicality as well. And you can it appeals to both sides. Yeah, yeah. So um, there's twenty through two major arcana cards, um, which are the ones that people will be more familiar with. And then, then there's I think is it the seventy odd or something minor. Yeah, so I read this. There's 72 in total, or ah, 75 right. in total, but there's like like 56 minor and 22 major. Ah, right. Okay. So as you know, I love a bit of Carl Jung, and Carl Jung did a study of the tarot, and he describes it as 
the language of the collective unconscious, which I love. And I've also had him describe it as an interface between you and your psyche. So it's like a way for you to tap into some part of your psyche that you know is there. And what you'll do is you'll hook onto it and then you'll understand what it means via that hook. Kind of like the cards revealing in picture form of what's going on in your life or what you should be paying attention to or what's happening yeah. that you aren't paying attention to. So it's yeah. like revealing your life to yourself in, in this certain format. Yeah. I've got a good quote from Carl Jung. Um, tarot is the underlying layer of the collective mind. Those fundamental images that constitute the psyche, con- the psychic constellation of the human being. Oh, love that. Mm. The psychic constellation of a human being. That's what the tarot cards are. Yeah. And even, even the word fundamental, it's kind of that basic principles and pillars of what we are as humans and what we recognize in ourselves. Yeah. Super interesting. Now, I probably, we probably won't have time to go through all the cards in the in the major arcana, but shall we just go through a few of them and uh, see yeah. how they link together? I tried to also, if you've listened to our, our chakra podcast, um, you know, the, the, the chakras running through the system and what they, the, I reckon if I did more research <laughs> and spent longer on this, I could probably link the tarot to the chakra system as well, because it's another one of those principles that feeds into, you know, the starting point, the end point and the bit in the middle. But I kind of get a bit middled up with the bit in the middle. Yeah, well, I'm sure it will do if you, like you say, if you look into it a little bit further, because if you said it, the tarot cards date back to Indian culture as well, the, yeah. the the chakra system, I believe that's originates from like Indian culture as well. So yeah. it probably is linked somewhere. So just quickly before we get into the, the major arcana as well, like another thing that I found fascinating is that like we, we spoke, we've already mentioned the word or the term two or three times already that collective consciousness or that kind of universal wisdom yeah. that we all have. Well, like we said, my mama, me grandma and your auntie Anne used to go and say Billy in the back room at the workman's yeah, club. The yeah. yeah. So, but you would read the cards yourself, but most people who wanted the cards read would have to go through someone else. Yeah. And if, if that person is like legit tarot card reader, what they're doing is they're acting as like a conduit or a channel for that universal wisdom. So although the cards are coming out for you, the person who's drawn the cards for you, they're channeling that wisdom through them. So that's why if you're going to do it properly, really learn about it yourself or, you know, go through someone who is legit. Don't do it with a, you know, dodgy Billy down the workman's club, Gus. I'm not saying Billy's dodgy down the workman's club. (laughs) I'm sure he was all right. Uh, yeah, so let me just tell you about my little journey with the tarot cards. So um, weirdly, I don't even know how I managed to get into this. So in our library, when I was, I used to live in the library, you know, back in the day when you had to go to a library and we used to have a little library in the village. <laughs> and I must have only been about 10, 11, like I was really young. I used to read, I used to go to the occult section. I used to love the occult section. And I think I read every single book in that occult section. I knew about palm reading. I knew about, um, I read the Life Before Life book, which is like a seminal book now. I read that when I was about 10 or 12, about reincarnation. Oh, I just loved it. I read loads of books. 
And I think I must have read one about the tarot there. And I like hounded my mum for some tarot cards. <laughs> my mum was like, she was like, my mum goes to church and stuff. She thought they were like from the devil. She didn't know where she'd gotten me from. She's like, you're not. Anyway, when we went, we got, we used to always had a caravan in walk with, in Northumberland, there used to be a hippie shop in there and I spotted these cards and I was like, man, I want them. I remember they were £10 and that was quite a lot then. Anyway, I must have hounded her enough that she got me got me them. And I just used to just be obsessed with them. I would just sit and stare at them and just, and you got this like little book with them and I just studied it and um, studied the cards and I just knew how to read them. And then when it came to doing the GCSEs, part of our English GCSE exam was to give a presentation. It was meant to be a 20 present 20 minute presentation on something you were interested in. So I did mine on the tarot and um, I was the first one up and the teacher just said, keep going, Jill, keep going. <laughs> my lesson lasted, my speech <laughs> lasted a whole hour, like a whole lesson. And then afterwards, the teacher, uh, Mrs. Allen, I remember it, she said, can you come up to the library with us? And then she had all the other English teachers there. And she was like, you need to read some of our tarot cards. So I used to read all the teachers' tarot cards in the library. Like, yeah. And then after that, it just kind of like spread around the school that I could read. Oh, it was really weird. And then <laughs> I just used to read them periodically. Like I did used to read other people's as well, but mainly for myself. And then um, when I went to university, I just forgot about all that. And then never really looked at them again until recently I got them back. So I'm still kind of relearning what I knew went better when I was younger, really. So it's kind of good to go over them all again. Isn't it funny how you had that inherent interest, even in the occult and the esoteric stuff when you were younger? When most yeah. of the kids couldn't give two craps about all that type yeah. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know. I've always been called a witch. Like since I was young, I've been called like people used to say, God, you're a bit of a witch, you aren't you? And uh I always have. I always have been. It's been very odd, really. <laughs> it's it's dead interesting though, isn't it? Would you rather be one of those people? I know like it's not necessarily a choice, is it? It's no, it's, no, it's, it's just of, something it's, that, yeah. It's your, it's your archetypes. Uh-huh. I've got a client who comes and she says, my my granddaughter would love you. And she's she's another one. She says, oh, she goes out in the woods for ages and then like makes sacred circles and stuff and reads all of it. I'm like, yeah, I used to do that kind of thing all the time. And then it kind of like when you hit your, I would say for me, it was early 20s. Uh, it just, you know yeah life life takes over and I just kind of forgot about it. it's only now that really the last three four years that I've started re-embracing it all it's always been there but I think I suppressed it a lot but now yeah. it's it's coming out again and I'm quite happy about it actually I'm quite glad it's coming back out well in the like in the western world that those type of things are very much suppressed because they go against the grain of society don't they yeah. but I imagine it in other cultures if you were if you grew up as a child and you were really interested in that type of thing, it's probably encouraged and probably looked upon quite yeah. favororably to to have that side in you. I could have been like the Dalai Lama, couldn't I? You know? <laughs> the local village. <laughs> yeah. You could have been yeah. a shaman. You could have been a shaman if you were born in Peru. Yeah, is there something to do with like the witch? What is it? The right hand? There's something to do with the wording of a witch. It, it was just a wise woman, but then it, the the Bible got hold of it. Mm. Uh, yeah. So anyway. We digress. <laughs> so, <laughs> as always. Now, this is what I'm going to, like, 
I was watching the other night. I'm digressing again. Uh, Brian Cox. Have you been watching the Universe program, Brian Cox? No, but I knew you were going to say that because, like, I do want to watch it. I've just not got around to it yet, but it, it is fascinating, isn't it? Right. So Brian Cox, the other night, he was talking about black holes and Stephen Hawkins' formula and all of this. And when a black hole implodes, and Brian Cox says, don't ask me because I don't even know the answer to this. But when a black hole implodes, the gas can be in two places at the same time. Actually, I'm, I'm telling you the wrong thing here, but this is also irrelevant. This wasn't <laughs> this what I wanted to tell to you. <laughs> But anyway, he was like quantum physics means that you can be in two places at one time. And like, like the science is now leading to that. But that's not what I wanted to tell you. This, the next bit is what I want to tell you. He was also talking about the Big Bang Theory. Now, he now says that they can talk about a time before the Big Bang. OK, and he says there were just waves of energy, potential energy that mm. were before the Big Bang, and it was just a wave of energy which then got so strong that it created matter because they don't really know how matter is created, do they, in science? Because each little cell and each atom doesn't weigh anything, but then put them together and they start to weigh something, and it's not just because the cells weigh a lot. The cells don't weigh anything. That, that reminds me, this probably plays in somewhere along the line, not that I understand it, but Paul always quotes someone very intelligent i can't remember his name but it's what is it consciousness is no no matter is conscious consciousness moving slowly so that we can see it something like that Ah. so everything is everything is conscious so every everything is like absolute potential but the stuff we can tangibly touch and feel and grab is just moving so slowly we can actually see it. Oh, right. That makes sense. Kind of. But anyway, yeah. that doesn't tell me about what I was going to tell you about this. Oh, and okay. I'm, 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 I'm working <laughs> my way back round to the tarot cards. But yes, you're right. So before the Big Bang, which is what scientists are now starting to look at, they knew that there was infinite potential. Now, what is the first card in the tarot? The fool. The fool. What is the numerological thing for the fool? Zero. What does zero represent? Absolute potential. Go for it, Dan. The tower of (laughs) you. (laughs) It's infinite potential. The fool is infinite potential because the fool does not know what it's capable of yet. Uh, Hence why he or she is foolish. Because they don't know yeah, what the hell is going on. They have yeah. their childlike innocence. They could give birth to anything. Their potential is unlimited. So when you get the fool in the tarot, it means that you're you have got absolute potential for anything. So the tarot predicted what the science is just starting to catch up with. I think you need to, I know, tweet. Professor Brian Cox and read his tarot cards and say, look, Brian, we already knew this. If you read the tarot, I mean, we knew there was something before the Big yeah, Bang. It was a fool. Potential. <laughs> yeah, the fool. It is a fool was there before the Big Bang. 
a fool is a state of no fear because a fool doesn't know what he has to fear. So a fool is actually one of the best things to be. It's innocence. It's childlike potential. It's peak experience. Yeah. And and traditionally, it's like when you say the word fool, you, you it was something to be looked down on, isn't it? But yeah. obviously in the, in the tarot, there's, there's benefits to it. Exactly. It's not something to be looked down on. The fool is just like the the courage, the the it's potential, infinite potential. Yeah, it's kind of like that that creativity, that innocence, that kind of um and having that wonder as well, I would imagine, like to to try stuff to yeah. it might seem foolish, but then the some of the most foolish things ever probably turn out to be some of the biggest inventions ever. Um do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's we've labeled it as something bad, but obviously it's not. So the fool is um, also the essence of self. Um, it's the essence of who we are, ourselves, always whole, always healthy and without fear. Um, this symbol reveals the spirit of who we are, the spirit so often expressed and experienced in those states of wonder, awe, curiosity and anticipation. So those peak experiences. So uh, Right. So just quickly, if... We were down at the workman's club and, and Billy was doing a, a reading for us. <laughs> yeah. So what how what actually what is the process? Is the obviously there's the 70 odd cards. Yeah. And then he comes to to you, Jill, and then does he just draw a card and then he talks about what the card right, symbolizes? So- do you all do you all get two cards like you know, like a game of blackjack? Or do- <laughs> Like what, so we're talking about the like process of laying the cards, yeah. Yeah. So there's a, lots of different ways, and the um, what Billy down the pub would normally probably do is be the traditional way of where you put a one at the top, one at the bottom, one at the side, sort of like northeast, southwest, and then a cross in the middle, which is like you, and then like past, present backwards forwards past present what's going on in the world right now uh, right. but what billy down the pub would also be saying probably is that he's using the cards to interface with his spirit guides and all of that bringing in guides and things like that to help him interpret it but right. yeah there's the specific ways i used to do that really complicated set out thing yeah yeah but nowadays i just tend to draw one card or three cards like you can do body mind soul so right, okay. you can like sometimes if you want to do three it gives you a good idea of what you need to do for each one yeah that's probably some the the different ways to do it probably has something to do with like you said at the start it comes from different cultures from india from china from yeah so that they probably all did it different ways yeah, I think like, and probably Billy down the pub might have his own way of doing it. You know, it just depends how 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 they want to. But the traditional way would be like north, south, east, west, with a cross in the middle, right. which represents you. So, um, you right now, and then past, present, future. All right, cool. All that kind of thing. So there is a specific way to lay it out, but yeah. if you were divining for it so when i was talking about the chakras as well because the fool is infinite potential and also the embodiment of self that would be the root chakra Mm, yet the embodiment of self is embodiment of self chakra ish yeah yeah so uh, that's when i was trying to link it they don't all fit but kind of in a way um if you're gonna uh, if you're gonna pull the fool card if you 
or if you want to, what sometimes you can use the cards for is just to meditate on. Um, so if you're feeling fear in your life, the fool is a really good card to, to, to meditate on. And just the affirmations that you would use for this card would be, I am a radiant being. I deeply honor and value the unlimited resource of courage that is within me. And there is nothing to fear. Mm, yeah. Also, the, yeah. So there's multiple different ways you could use them. Mm-hmm. I suppose when you use kind of symbolism and numerology and, and just and, and simplifying the characteristics of one card, it probably can help you with to solve complex issues and get into sort of a meditative state because life is so complex. Like giving you something really simple to focus on yeah. can probably bring some of the answers through. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, I've got a little quote from the, I can never say this, the Bhag, Bhagavad Gita. Don't say we don't give you stuff on this podcast. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So are you ready? Go on, then. Fear not. What is not real never was and never will be. What is real always was and cannot be destroyed. Mm. That's like the, there's a, your mate Tony Robbins always talks about a a quote about truth. Um, Was it? Some will believe it, some will deny it, but there it is, the truth. Ah. Something very similar. It's just that pretty much means what is, is. You you can put your own spin on things, but the truth is. It is. It is. So the fool is the fool. He is like probably the best card in the pack. He's the one that's got all the potential. Yeah. Like, this is my analogy. It's like when you used to collect football cards when you were a kid and you get like the Alan Shearer shiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the fool. So he's the Alan Shearer shiny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. The next card, I'm not going to go through them all, but just the first few are really good, I think, because they set the scene. Now, what this also links to as well is the hero's journey. So each of these cards, although they are archetypes as well, as in the Jungian principles of archetypes. So we um, have all met these characters in our lives and in our psyche, but also the hero's journey. So if you think about, like, let's think about a film that uses the hero's journey. What's the famous one? Star Wars? Star Wars Wars is the most famous one, yeah. So it always starts off with the fool. Who's the innocence? The innocent person who... um, you know, something happens to them. They, you know, what Darth yeah. Vader comes along or something. <laughs> I know I'm not really into Star Wars to myself, but <laughs> I think in most film scripts, it's kind of the 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 hero of the story. I think they have that foolish innocence at the start, and they yeah. don't realize there's evil in the world. And then when they go out to kind of, then when they go out to conquer and kill the the evil forces, they're foolish to how powerful these people yeah. are as, as well. So it's kind of like a, like a childhood innocence as well, being a fool. That's kind of what I would symbolize as the start of the hero's journey. Yeah. So all films ha- follow this general route, don't they? Like the, yeah. the innocence, they're just getting on with their lives. And then poof, here he comes. The magician comes into the life. And this is number one. So zero, um, was the fool was zero so number one in the in numerology is the magician the transformer the person who can make the change so from the fool the childlike innocence you go into the magician the person who is going to make that transformation uh, so i wonder if i wonder if the film transformers <laughs> was based on this as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um 
I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. But <laughs> this is the person, as you always like to say, changes thoughts into things. Mm, okay, yeah. So the magician is a universal archetype of representation of the gift of communication and the nature that is within us all to actually do something to set out on our path. The magician is the transformer. Robots uh, in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> I don't quite think back in uh, ancient India and China, they were, this is what they were kind of imagining <laughs> when they made up the tarot. But you brought up the, the transform. <laughs> <laughs> um, if we're looking, at, you know how we like to align things to astrology as well? We align the chakras to astrology. Um, magician is Mercury, uh, the winged messenger of communication enhances clarity of thought because to be able to transform thoughts into things you have to have the clarity of thought so there you go the magician is the second one in well number one um if you want to if you do pull the magician and you want to um meditate upon it um some of the affirmations you could use was i communicate correctly i can create magic when i use my inherent gifts and I deeply honor and value the unlimited resources of my gifts that were are within my nature. Mm. That's a very concise, powerful language, isn't it? In those affirmations, yeah. which is what obviously exactly affirmations should be. Exactly. So next on your list, number number two, number two is the high priestess. So now we're coming into the feminine. High priestess. So we've already done kind of. Um, Star Wars, we've done Transformers, the High Priestess <laughs> reminds me of like Game of Thrones. That's a, we should go for a theme here. <laughs> so she represents balance. And um her figure is all curved and soft and yin, yin, yin. <laughs> so the high priestess is um represented in lots of different cultures. Um in Egyptian, she's Isis. The goddess of intuition in Oriental mythology, she is Kuan Yin, the goddess of compassion, and in Greek mythology, she is Artemis, the nature goddess. So she appears in lots of different. Yeah. That's the thing with these archetypes; they um, you think you don't know them, but they're actually appearing in lots of different cultures that you will have heard of. Yeah, and hence why the whole we, we spoke about films a lot. Like, hence why like scriptwriters put these things in there it's because it's yeah. inbuilt in their psyche anyway so they hence why they write about them and it comes so naturally to them so she's the principle of intuition self-trust and self-resourcefulness so once you've met the magician and you've decided to change then it becomes part of yourself so you still this is still root to for maybe i don't know the second chakra um, she is a growth symbol. Uh, you know how we said the chakras linked to cycles as well. This is uh, the beginning of a nine to ten year cycle, which would fit in with that as well. Um, she is balance and harmony in requiring trust in one's own independence, self-resourcefulness and perception. So this is about taking the power of the magician into your own hands. Mm, yeah. Kind of, I don't know if this is one of the the things you would like describe the high priestess, but like fairness and being non-judgmental. Kind of, if you're a high priestess, I imagine you have a lot of responsibility, but you treat people fairly. I don't know if that's mm. in there. That kind of what comes to mind for me. I don't know whether that's speaking of my archetype somewhere. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's what she is. She is balanced. 
And um, she has a, it, it represents a deep need to remove oneself from disharmonious situations. Mm. So getting out of the way of the shit. Yeah. It's the high priestess. Um, if you wanted to meditate upon the high priestess, um, your affirmations would be, I deeply value and honor the human being that I am. I am very perceptive and an intuitive human being. I trust myself and value my sense of integrity. Ah, so integrity, that's definitely fairness, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. You were uh, on the right lines there, youngin. On the, <laughs> youngin. <laughs> I was, a, was, a, was that a youngian, a Carl youngin? Is that what I am? Yeah, yeah, you're a mini youngian. <laughs> 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 You've got really in the dark now. <laughs> I know, I need to turn the light on. <laughs> it just looks like his head's floating in. <laughs> <laughs> it's this new podcast setup I've got. Um, the Christmas tree has taken my podcast spot. It looked really weird. Okay, next number three is the Empress. So we're staying with the feminine. Um, uh, Carl Jung called these the animus and the anima. So the feminine is the anima aspects. And we're on the Empress. Now, this is the mother figure. So the nurture, the um, wise woman. So I take it if you were... I don't know if the tarot cards were really accurate, if you would be going to become a mother or you would just become a wise grandmother or something, or maybe the this card is drawn more. Nurturer, nurturing. So whereas mm. the high priestess is more about balance and intuition and self-knowledge, the empress is, is the mother, the mother figure, the nurturer. The... Like matriarchal type of figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the affirmations for her is I give wisely and I receive wisely. Um, I value the healing power of beauty, harmony, and love. That's that definitely sounds very to me like grandmotherly, you know, yeah. that kind of yeah, you know, it's nice, makes you put a smile, it even you puts a smile on your face, even thinking about it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So so she's a nice figure, I find. So I know there's probably <laughs> another kind of what 18, 19 cards. Yeah. We can't go through them all just for time's sake. What other ones would you say? I mean, they're all interesting, but to you, what are the most ones which you would say? Okay. I'm would... really interesting if this came out for yourself or someone else. That would be really intriguing. I like this one, which is card number five. And this is the, the Hierophant, not the elephant, the Hierophant. Hierophant? What does that mean? The Hierophant. He represents the universal, it's one of the masculine figures, so one of the, the young. Um, he represents the universal principle of learning and teaching, and he is kind of the bridge. So this is where the bridge comes in. He's the bridge between um, the psyche and the body, the physical. So um, somebody, a hierophant was what they used to call a pope or a high priest. Um, so uh, the high priestess, the hierophant would be the equivalent in the male of that. So I always think that's quite interesting when if they get the hierophant, because that is a, a bridge between the two. Uh, right. So obviously the high priestess would be, I know it's represented as a female, but a male could draw that card still. So, but it's just the characteristics, essentially, of yeah, right, yeah, yeah, and it could represent an archetype that uh, is influencing them right now, or maybe an archetypal figure that they need more in their lives. So maybe uh, they need to be more nurturing and more uh, balanced, yeah. or you know, maybe apply a bit more self-resourcefulness. 
to themselves. So yeah. like, just because you're a man and you draw a feminine, like I'm a woman, but I wouldn't mind drawing a Hierophant who's one of the male figures. It just, you know, like I lift weights, you stretch. Yeah. It's, like, it's the yin and the yin yang. And yeah. The yang. yeah. Yeah. And obviously it's, again, it comes down to like, improve like using the cards to improve your insight into what's going on so you yeah. could draw a feminine card but it could mean or a, a, hence like a more a card represented by a feminine figure but that could mean you need to pay more attention to a female figure in your life and what they want to teach you or what you're ignoring so yeah. the more you do it and the more your insight will improve i imagine yeah and we've all got a mother at some degree so it we know like if um, we need more nurturing or, you know, or you need to have take yeah. time out, for example, and nurture yourself, then that's what that figure could represent. Um, another good one that I would say is the tower. Now, people always freak out when they get the tower because it looks scary, you know, people falling from a high tower. But it could just mean a restoration and regeneration and renovation and it's a kind of things have to fall to be rebuilt, don't they? So, oh, um, yeah, it's like, yeah, even like in nature, you know, when you get autumn at the top of my head, yeah, autumn, and yeah, even like more drastic things like forest fires. Some forests require a fire to yeah. generate new buds and things like that, yeah, yeah. So, the cards represent the start. We've talked about the fool, the infinite potential, then the transform transformation of the wizard. And then they go through. So, they've got the feminine archetypes first, then the masculine archetypes, the emperor and the hierophant. And then they go into the, um, the duality, the union. So, the lovers is a union card. The world at the end is the union of everything. And it follows a journey like that. So the trials and tribulations, I think the ups and downs, so like the tower would be the down, um, death card, the devil card. People hit getting those ones. But actually, you know, it's just like things need to die to, to yeah. move on. It's like rebirth. And so goes through all of those things. Then the wheel of fortune, like how will that affect all your life? And then it comes out at the end towards the end, which is like the the moon, the star, the sun, and the world is the last card. So you become enlightened. So if we're looking at the chakras, as we move up to the, the, the crown chakra at the top, the sun, the world, it's the whole enlightenment. So it is a journey through life. And that's what all of these cards represent. Uh, yeah, it's, it is. It's really interesting, isn't it? And I suppose once you get to the sun at the top, that could again probably be represented as like zero which is infinite potential again in the sun yeah. because the sun like take for instance life on earth kind of nothing can survive without the sun it is the unlimited potential and everything yeah yeah so exactly. the circle the hero's journey is complete and then you go back to the beginning uh i and think if just you... off the top of my head this is kind of a note just to us i think we should do an episode on numerology as well that fascinates me again okay. i don't know a lot about it so i'll let you teach me again on live on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get someone in who knows about it. I know someone who's trading in it at the moment. So, uh, what is she an accountant? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what I wanted to say though, as well, is when you know, when you get to the end, the sun, the moon, the stars, the I'm waving my arms around like this, like you can't see as readers, but I'm waving my arms around now. Um, that is when you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, self actualization on the top. 
Is that represented by the sun, the moon, and the stars? Yeah, well? uh, yeah. you know, in Maslow's hierarchy, you yeah, yeah, shelter yeah. before you can move on to the next thing. And oh, move of on course, the next. yeah. Then, right at the top, the pinnacle, the apex of the triangle is self actualization when you've got there and you've done it all, and then the journey starts again. Yeah, like you can't skip any steps either. You can't achieve self actualization and enlightenment if you're worried about your bills every day and you got no money and you got no food and exactly. you're, not, you're not part of a tribe. So yeah, that's true. Exactly. And when you get to the top, that is union of the whole, the collective, the conscious collective. The... Whoa. Mm. It's interesting but... how all these different kind of occult esoteric practices link together. Like you said, you try to link it to the chakra system and it, and it fits. And then there's things like numerology and, and, um, even like ancient geometry and things like that, they all kind of link in and symbolism. That's, yeah. that's really interesting. It is. It's it's so symbolic. That's what I want to try and get across. Like you don't have to be special and read a load of books to be able to read the tarot cards. You have this knowledge within you, like inherently within you. And it's just, you just got to sit down and like every day I draw a card out my pack. I use the major and the minor arcana. Um, but you could just use the major. I used to just use the major for a long time, just while I was learning it. And then you could um, just pick one card out, meditate on it, have a read up on it, see what it means. And if you match in what it means, which probably nine times out of 10, what your intuition would be telling you would be exactly what it means. Yeah. And just see where you go from there. And it doesn't have to be like some woo-woo fortune telling thing. It just gives you a little guide every day like sometimes i'll get like a card oh, I, can't, I can't think of one off the top of my head but i think oh yeah i'll do i'll make sure i do that this week yeah um whether it's like self some self-care kind of thing or some business kind of thing but because they're all like archetypal stuff then you'll hook it into your head to something that you need to do yeah it probably just like if you do it the way you're talking about there it just acts as like a trigger to pay yeah. attention to certain things and another kind of key point that I was when I was doing a little bit of research is that, which makes total sense, like from a practical point of view, you have to kind of believe in it and be invested in it if you're going to take it seriously and use it to improve your life. Yeah. So, you know, the the analogy which came to my mind was when people go to get uh, like hypnosis, but you just don't believe in it. So it's, mm-hmm. they say it's almost impossible to hypnotize someone who doesn't want to be hypnotized, who doesn't believe it. Yeah. So it's kind of, in, for that analogy, it's the same. If you uh, start drawing tarot cards and you think it's just a load of crap, then you're probably not going to pay attention to the triggers it's pointing you towards. So you, yeah. have to, you have to invest in it, and that's what's going to build your intuition and your insight and the messages of that universal wisdom. You'll be able to tap into that better if you fully invest in believing what the cards are trying to tell you. Yeah, it's like anything, isn't it? You know, you could get people come to the gym who don't want to be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're just, it's just hard work, isn't it? Working with people who don't believe that they're going to get better or it's going to help them in any way. So it's the same. Absolutely. Same principles, yeah. same principles apply. You got to believe, man. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for teaching me about the, the, the tarot cards because um, I'm, I'm definitely going to get into it a little bit more, actually. We should probably do. Um, another episode in the future you can do a live reading on me and we'll I did pull, you, pull a card once for you didn't I you, you did yeah what was it like the, the idiot so or something you got the top card and then <laughs> <we> stopped <laughs> we're 
Wouldn't I get the sun straight away? Yeah, straight you got away. the sun. So we said, right, that's it. Uh, we'll take that. That's the yeah. early card. Tarot cards, completed it. <laughs> Done that. Yeah, I'll do it. We should do it every, every time we do a podcast. I'll pull a card first and we'll ah, read it live on air. That will be a good little theme. Yeah, we'll go for it. Okay. Cool. I'll have to read up on my book in case I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just have Google right in another tab. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's definitely, it's not woo-woo. It's completely tapping into some ancient psychological principles, which Carl Jung described uh, as the collective unconsciousness, the archetypes, the hero's journey, all that jazz. And now what Brian Cox has proven to be correct. Yeah, and I think if you you were like I used to be and you just thought it was a load of old nonsense, but it's weird because everyone's favourite subject is themselves. So even if you went and got your, your cards read, I think chances are you're probably going to be get into it and be quite interested in it. So, like, don't, I would say, don't dismiss it as much as kind of what I used to anyway because, like, there's a reason why it's been around for so long. And I think exactly. if you, if you got it done to yourself, if you got it done, you got, to, you got to read and done. I think you'll probably enjoy it and be quite intrigued. And you'll always get something from it, but yeah, equally, yeah. I think you could probably do it yourself right. rather than have someone read them for you. But of course it would be nice to have someone read them for you, but I think you could just dabble yourself and get yeah, yeah. as much out of it. So, yeah. So that's the tarot in a nutshell, Dad. Yeah, that's yeah, that's it's just further fueled my fascination with learning something new. It's nice when you learn something new. It is. It's always good to learn something new. Cool. So on that note, listeners, if there's anything else new you would like to learn about, like the tarot cards or numerology, uh, let us know because the world of esoteric practices is fascinating. And if you want to learn about it, then chances are me and Jill are probably want to know about it as well. Yeah, it's as big as Eshwin and Library when I was a 10-year-old. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jill be an expert if it was on those uh, books. Yeah, if I've got a book in the 1980s on it, I'm sorted. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone, and go and pull yourself a tarot card out and see what happens. You never yeah. know where these things might lead. All right, thanks, everyone, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye.